0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, here's a Bible trivia question for you. How many of the disciples were married? I don't have any idea either. Uh, But but we do know from today's Gospel lesson that at least one of them must have been married because Jesus went in to heal Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Remember that? If you got a mother-in-law probably somewhere you had a wife in there so jesus went in and it was uh, andrew and simon it was both of their mothers and uh, she had a bad fever not doing well at all they told jesus about it he went in he took her by the hand he lifted her up the fever left her immediately and then our text says and then she served them now (laughs) A number of years ago, I had a woman that was pretty upset when I went to that part. She said, "Oh, isn't that just like it? He healed her just so she could serve him supper." Uh, I said, "Well, no, I don't. I don't think that's what that was about. That's actually what it meant was that she was the eldest woman in the in the household in the family, and for her, it was an honor to serve. It was her honor." if she could, to serve an honored guest. Well, Jesus was certainly an honored guest. And so Jesus didn't just cure her, but he healed her. And there's a difference. Cure is just the physiological disease. Healing covers the whole person. Jesus not only cured her fever, he restored her in relationship in the household, in her society. And so that's different. When we pray for healing, sometimes I, I'm not sure if we're praying <clears throat> excuse me, for healing or if we're praying <clears throat> just for cure. So um, let me give you an example of this. Uh, many years ago, I was called up to a room at the hospital as the chaplain, and, and there was a man in Aries He's about 40. His father was with him. And he had some kind of developmental disease and uh, disabilities, and uh, he really wasn't expected to live much past his 30s. That was that kind of disease where people die pretty young. I can't remember what it was. Dondra would probably know, Dr. Bernard would know, but I can't remember. Anyway, so uh, I was up there, and he asked me to have a prayer, and, and I had a prayer, and uh, that all went fine. He said can you come back tomorrow and pray again yeah i said sure so i came back the next day and this time the patient's sister was there and she was a a little different Uh, she was a bit of a spitfire and this didn't go very well i had a prayer and the prayer went something like this this is not an exact quote but it was kind of as i recall it was kind of like this it went like this Dear Lord, we come before you seeking healing for your servant because you are the great physician and all healing comes through you, no matter how it comes. Doctors, nurses, medicine, machines, it's still you, Lord. So we're asking for healing for your servant today. You have promised to heal. You always keep your promises. Sometimes healing happens on this side of the grave. Sometimes it happens on the other, but you always heal. So we ask you to send your spirit to give strength to this family and to this patient. And be with them. Amen. She was hot. She was teed off. And she reported me to my supervisor. And you're all saying, really, why? Uh, I was too. And the reason is, she said, (laughs) she said, don't you ever come back to this room again, she told me. And then she reported me to my supervisor. She said, that chaplain prayed negatively. And he insinuated that my brother might not get well and and be fine and go home. He as much as said that he could die. And my brother should not be hearing anything like that. He was in a coma. My brother should not be hearing anything like that. He should only be hearing he's going to get well, he's going to be okay, he's going to go home and be fine. And the guy died two days later. But... You know, it was, it was probably due to the damnable negative praying of the chaplain that you know that killed him, I'm, I'm guessing, at this point. And then uh, just a couple of years ago, I had a similar situation. I was called up. It was a, a, a dying situation on um, intensive care. And I went there, and it was a, a good, a, a solid Christian family. The, the husband father was the one dying, wife, grown son and daughter, and they were there. I had a similar prayer. I didn't give up on that prayer. It was similar to that. And um, at, at, at the end of it, uh, you know, the family was grateful. And then in about 20 minutes, the guy died. And I thought, oh, good, here we go. Uh, yeah, we called. Don't call that chaplain. He kills him off in 20 minutes after he prays, you know, uh, but I, after having a bad experience before. And, but, but this time it went different. This time they they cried and the wife looked up at me and she said well chaplain he's healed now isn't he and I said yes he is see that's that's the difference between cured and healed he was healed maybe it wasn't the way everybody you know hoped or wanted but he was healed And when Jesus talks about healing, he's not just talking about you got a physical ailment and then you can leave the rest of you as you are. Take your selfishness and your, you know, your spitefulness and and anything. Just leave that the same. Just cure me. Just cure my physical disease and leave the rest of me the way it is. No, no. That's not what Jesus was about. He was about healing whole people. And so Jesus ran into disease a lot. People were lined up for him, especially in the gospel of Mark. Mark is the shortest gospel, and it has more healing miracles packed in than any other gospel. Jesus is on a breakneck pace with healings and casting out demons. He's barely got time to teach or preach, what well. he said, I got go to go the next town and do that. And uh, so <laughs> he, he's there. He's, he's healing one after the other. And uh, One thing about disease that I, if you work at a hospital long enough, you pick up a little bit, I'm as smart as the last doctor I talked to, but I remember a lecture that I went to that the the speaker said, uh, 85% of the disease that we get is directly because of stress. He said there's cortisol, you know, that shoots out of a, a gland back here. And that goes throughout our bodies, and it makes us ready for either fight or flight. Maybe similar to adrenaline in some ways, I guess. And uh, that's fine when we need to do that, but the problem is if we're under stress long enough, that cortisol also lowers our resistance to disease. And things that we would normally throw off, we don't throw off. We succumb to them, and we get sick, and sometimes die stress stressors one question we might ask ourselves today speaking of healing what are the stressors in your life and b how do you deal with them is it that you have uh uh, aging parents that uh you know require a lot of care that are um you know a little contrary sometimes maybe even do you have grandkids gone wild do do you have are, are you a perfectionist that, you know, that's your way of covering up shame issues to try to work harder and longer than anybody else to put off the dreaded day when people find out you're really not worth anything. Uh, is, is that what is stressful to you? What do you have? I read another article that said, money and conflict with work and family, those seem to be the biggest stressors that people have. Okay, well, what do you do with that? What do you do with those? Well, one of the things we can take a look at is what did the healer do with his stress? As I said, he had people lined up waiting for him. And he, you know, he could barely even take a break to eat or sleep sometimes, especially in the Gospel of Mark. And immediately, that's the big word, immediately he did this and immediately he did that. What did Jesus do for that? Because Jesus had a tremendous amount of stress. And remember this, he was not, he was not using any of his godly powers. When he came to earth, the scripture is very clear that he emptied himself. He set aside those powers. And when he healed people and when he raised people from the dead, remember the story of Lazarus? He prayed to his heavenly father, Father, I'm, I'm glad you hear me, but other people need to hear it too. He was letting them know it wasn't his power. He was using the power of the father to raise Lazarus from the dead and to heal other people. He had tremendous amount of stress. And, uh, you know, did, did he ever have people who misunderstood him? Yeah. Did he have tough days, long days? Did he have people who betrayed him, friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. He was not Superman, but he was God's man. And that's what made a difference for him. He was God's man. And there's a part in the text for today that really, really speaks to us. It was that, I don't know if you ran past it or not when I read it, But it's this part, and while it was still very dark, Jesus went away to a deserted place by himself to pray and to meditate. He had to do it when it was dark. People were pressing upon him so much he couldn't find any other time. He went out when it was dark because he knew he needed to renew his strength. He knew that he needed the power of his heavenly Father that He wasn't going to get through all this by Himself. And then the disciples found Him and said, Hey, they're all waiting for you. Come on, come on. He knew that He needed to be plugged into the power source. With all of us, that's the case. If I take my bagels in the morning for breakfast and slip them in the toaster and put the lever down and then I look and nothing's happening, it's because it's not plugged in. And and the same thing happens to us in our spiritual life. We do stuff and nothing seems to happen. We're not plugged in. So one of the things you could ask yourself today is, what do I do every day to make sure that I'm plugged in? When I talk to people who are recovering from addictions, most of the time I tell them, it's not that you made a decision to you know, use drugs and do something bad. You just didn't do enough good things to stay out of it you know the disease is pulling you down like a downward escalator and you didn't take steps fast enough to stay ahead of it you didn't do the right things enough every day you didn't do that and it's the same and it's a spiritual disease and it's the same is true for all of us do you have a specific time where you pray or is it catch as catch can do you have a place where you can go where there's no cell phone no television a place that's quiet where you can meditate Meditation is listening to God. Praying is talking to God. Can you do both? Listen and talk? Do you have that place? Do you read things that are uplifting and inspirational every day? Do you start your day out with something that that puts you uh, in the right frame of mind? Like uh, I I encourage recovering people a lot of times to take their one day at a time book that has a prayer for the day, thought for the day, and meditation for the day, and put it on the back of the toilet. Then when they get up, And hit the can. They can reach back and read that. See, you got the whole thing going. You got good stuff coming in, bad stuff going out. Good stuff. You got the whole cycle going there. See, that's spiritual renewal. (laughs) But uh, you know, uh, do, do you have those kind of habits that are regular things that you do? Or and the problem is, I think for a lot of us, when do we pray? When something bad has happened? When, when, something, when I got my tail in a crack, then I pray. Uh, oh, Lord, you got to get me out of this jam. You know, I need cure. What about healing? Well, no, leave the rest. <laughs> I'm going to still keep all my other stuff. But, but, you know, cure this situation right here. And yet, even though we do that, you would think the Lord would get pretty sick of that because if you do that with friends, like the only time you contact them is when you want something from them, guess what happens? They they don't want to see you coming or hear the phone. I I know he wants something, okay. And yet the Lord is either such a big sucker that he falls for this stuff on our part, or maybe he is gracious and loving and can't get enough of us because we are part of him and he is a part of us. He can't get enough of us and he wants us to have health. He wants to heal us in all ways like he did Peter's mother-in-law. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.